Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Yeah. <laughs> we did it, Matt. We did. People, they seem happy. They're, they're going crazy. The crowd is, that, is, is that going the wild. Radio audience? That is that is our live audience for our 300th episode. Oh, listen to him go! They love us. If only we were doing this live, that would that would be fun. If we were like at Buffalo Wild Wings or something, and had a big <laughs> crowd around us. B Dubs. <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's, that's what sports shows tend to do. They're live. Uh, <laughs> they're live. Yeah, you know, like I would. Casino. It would be really fun to do an episode live sometime. Yeah, except I think the smattering of applause would be somewhat quieter than that. <laughs> You'd be like... Five people <laughs> in a city coming out for us. Some passerby Maybe, maybe with enough hype, we could do it. I mean, yeah. you know what? With a book tour, I think we got... Uh, or I got, whatever, 30 people on average to come out in most cities. So I bet uh-huh. these days... I don't know about the podcast, how the, how the audience size compares, because we just don't know. But I bet if we did a tour, we'd get to get some people coming out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should do it. I th- you know, we should, like, team up with the VegFest, do it there or something. Just a captive audience that has to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I was thinking about it. So this is our 300th episode, and I yep. was thinking about it. And, you know, there are probably only a handful of things, aside from, like, your daily things, that I've done 300 times. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? That is true. And the number of hours is quite a lot. Right, totally. Like, I was thinking if someone was a new listener and they just wanted to do the binge thing where you just listen to everything mm-hmm. and they listen to it during every waking hour. I think it would take them like 20 days to get through it. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, we actually just got a message or a tweet or something from somebody who was like, yeah, I started from the beginning and I'm here. And I was like, Oh my God, that's like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like so long ago, you know? And uh, I just realized as it came out of my mouth that I have not done this 300 times because the first couple episodes I wasn't a part of. That's true. You weren't. So really, there it's all a, congratulations to you. That, like aren't counted on here somehow. I had a feeling there was some other extras that weren't numbered. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. But Possible. you said four years ago. We started way longer than four years ago. Well, I know, like this person was like, you know, working their way through, and they had you know already listened to a ton of episodes. Oh, I see. And they were still only, they were gotcha. still four years behind. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I was looking back at the archives and uh, the like. Episodes that I thought were like way, at least in my memory, are like deep into No Mean Athletes time. Like, I mean, No Mean Athlete Radio, like, they just seem like kind of episodes that we had done once we were established. They were like episode 10 or episode 12. It was like some of these, like, like my Burning River uh, 100 Mile Report. I don't know why that one stands out as like, just for me, it was a big episode. And it felt like I would have guessed that was episode like 120 or something. But. It was 10 or 19 or something, <laughs> very low. So, And I mean, the first Ray Cronice in, interview, I think I had him, I think his was 10 and then 17 or maybe it was 20. 20. It's just very early. I just thought of him oh, as really? someone who his came on. really? His was that later. early? Yeah. Like two oh, of wow. them it, within, within the first 30. Oh, what? really? Which role was like number 13 or something? Yeah, yeah. We only really went downhill, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we got rich before he had his own podcast. Now he has his own. He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go on no, I think he had his. I think his, he? the success of his is what made us say, "Wow, we should we should make ours go again," because we had like five episodes in there or something. Oh yeah, okay. And then we had him on again. 
some, I don't know, 100, 100 in or something. We did. Yep. And his wife, too. Yep. In a separate one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, so we are, uh, we're recapping some fun stuff today. Uh, fun and useful stuff. But first, Doug, I have some news that uh, is, of, is of special interest to me. Ooh, and, uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is that uh, I, uh, I signed up for Muay Thai again. I'm back in the game. Hey, I am I, thrilled to hear that. I know. I ran into a guy at a soccer thing, of all things, and uh, he, he had been in the gym when I was there, and he said, hey, where you been? And I was like, well, just anywhere but there. And uh, he, he said, well, they changed around the class schedules and all this stuff, and then it now just works perfectly for me. I can go twice in the mornings. I can go twice during my son's soccer practice, which is really nice. Cause oh. I, can, I can just drop off and go do it. So perfect timing. I don't know how long it will last, but uh, while it does, I am I'm going to get in there. So I'm... Very excited about that. Are you? Are you? Uh, you mean two times a week in the morning, or are you doubling up, doing double two two days? No, twice a week in the morning. Twice a week in the morning. Yeah, although okay. once I be, once I reach advanced status, you actually can uh, you can you can do two days. You can go over to the advanced class as well. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, you know, so this is semi related. Okay. We, you know, so we're going to be talking a lot about habits today and, and things we've learned over the last three hundred episodes, but. Um, one thing I left off was a gym routine, which is, I, I kept wanting to put that one on there because we've had multiple guests who have kind of convinced me I need to do it. But um, I, I'm excited to say that probably for announcing this for the sixth time on Nomad Athlete Radio, because it always fails, <laughs> is that I, I, I three weeks in a row, I've gone to the gym and lifted weights. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I'm feeling swole. <laughs> That's really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, three, three solid, right? Better than one or two, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, just a, a weekly thing. Um, last time, last time I went with a friend who, actually, uh, who, um, who followed Giacomo and Danny's routine mm-hmm. from the body transformation program, and um, and he kind of walked me through that. So that was that was even cooler. It was like a connection back to the back yeah. to back to those guys, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if I can do it once a week, bring they have a daycare, I can bring Eliza and just yeah, she she likes going to the daycare. It's uh yeah, I think that that'll be once good. a week is very good, I and mean, that's that's a nice uh, small goal. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing, right? Because I mean, I think you and I probably have the same tendency. You start doing it, and then it's like, well, I should probably do this four times a week, and then you do it for about two weeks like that, and then you give up. At least that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So so good for you. What, do you have any any particular goal for this, or are you just trying to be stronger for running? Yeah, mostly muscles that uh, aren't aren't tapped into during my running workouts. So okay. to uh, to you know just to feel all around a little bit stronger, but definitely to enhance my uh, long distance running. You know, kind of keep the core, the back, and the upper body stronger mm-hmm. and fitter. Um, so yeah, so I'm not doing any leg work or anything like that. But you know, just all the muscles in the upper body that don't really get worked while running, but do get tired and and you know being stronger would would help me. In a positive way. Yeah. Good. Well, good for you. We'll see. We'll check in three weeks from now. Because I, I definitely feel like I've said this multiple times when I'm at the radio that I'm, I'm a gym right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it never happens. I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's just your thing, right? It's the thing that you always uh, kind of kind of wrestle with. Me Like me in meditation. I'm, I'm always go. thinking yeah. I'm going to do it. I, I come on after a month and say I'm totally into meditating now. And then, then a couple months later, I'm not doing it at all. So we all have our little things. We do. Uh, anyway, I apologize for my voice today. I think, I think you will be able to hear that I am a little bit, have been a little bit sick this week, but and better, just my voice is not better yet. So, 
Yeah, I kind of thought that it was scratchy from uh, all the warm-up jokes you were telling the audience before <laughs> the, episode, the episode went live. Yes, that's right. That's what all that applause was about. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a new joke. Want to hear it? Oh, I'd love to. Really quick. Uh-huh. What did the duck say when he bought lipstick? Uh, I don't know. Put this on my bill. Right? That's pretty good. That's what I thought. I told it to my wife and son, and they hated it. They said it was stupid. They said all duck jokes are about the bill, and it was no good. (laughs) I I actually got a kick out of it when I heard that one. Where does George Washington keep his armies? Where? In his sleeveys. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Very good. I will pass that one along. Eliza's super into knock-knock jokes right now, but she doesn't actually get it, so you can just yeah. kind of say anything, and she'll just <laughs> I think every kid goes through that phase, where they, they yeah. didn't try to do them, and they just don't, uh-huh. don't get the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. All right, on to more serious issues. What we decided to do, uh, given the popularity of episodes that we do that are about habits, mm-hmm. people love habits. I just heard that James Clear Atomic Habits, the book I keep mentioning now and then, yeah. uh, has sold one and a half million copies. Whoa. Yeah. And you know what else? This is this is a nitpicky thing. Um, in it, he he gives he always talking all these different examples of people who have these interesting ideas about habits. Cites the person, references them and their work. At one point, he puts this little chart about ways you might go vegan, and he he puts the the less legs approach. He says to start removing four legged animals, then what? remove two legged animals, then remove zero, and no credit, nothing. <laughs> what? One point three million eyeballs could have could have seen. Been turned on to our work, Doug, and uh, oh man, just I know missed opportunity. Our friend Steve Cam is in there, though, he has a nice little paragraph or two about him. Well, that's nerd a bummer, fitness. it's a bummer, but who you know, who knows? Other people, I'm sure, have written that. I maybe I wasn't even the first, and uh, you know, you're not gonna cite every single small idea that you come across. I guess not. We should write <laughs> a book and not cite him, though. We should be getting some sort of royalties. Even <laughs> one cent. Definitely, 1. definitely reach out to his, uh, yeah. to his publisher and see what we can work out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Seems, seems uh, worth our time. Habits. Uh, people like the Habits episodes. They're very good. Um, I get texts from, from personal friends. This has happened several times. When we do Habit episodes, they write back and say, that was a great episode. I love that one. And they almost never do that. But when we do little episodes about habits and rules and things, they do that. So we figured we'd do one. Uh, habit-related look-back at episodes, because we've done, you know, regular look-back at episodes for the other hundreds that we've hit. Um, but we just figured we would we would comb through the archives and find our favorite habits from 300 episodes, whether it's guests giving us really good habit ideas, or whether it is you and me, or you and I talking about habit ideas. Um, just kind of make a little compilation, give people... I mean, it's not that unlike the episode we did a couple back, where we just gave a bunch of ideas that someone... Might you know just might grab someone right now and say that's what I'm gonna start doing and I'm, so I wouldn't expect anybody to start doing all of these but maybe one of them uh, yep. just just catches you and, and it gets you going for a couple months. Yeah, and you know if, if if what we say is interesting, we would obviously highly recommend you go back and listen to the full episode so you can get the full picture. Yes, of, of course. All right. So, and I guess we should. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you said this, but uh, these aren't necessarily habits that we've kept. Oh no. Right? Most, <laughs> Most of them have, and we have not. <laughs> but some of them we have. Some of them are, are, are oh, and at least some of the ones I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. So. Good. All right. 
You want to start us off? Sure. I'll start us off with another uh, another failed one that I attempted. <laughs> okay. I guess just, just in terms of structure, I mean, maybe if people are interested in the process, you did the, you mostly focused on the guest habits, and I mostly focused on ones that you and I have, have mentioned. That's right. In our, in our Matt and Doug episodes. So yeah. that's, you will notice that pattern. So go mm-hmm. ahead. One you've started and failed. All right. So we had Pamela Ferguson on not that long ago to talk about intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, intermittent fasting has only gotten more popular since then i credit it probably towards to our episode um just kidding but you know i don't know i just i'd hear about it like just uh on a run yesterday yesterday morning with a running buddy um he was like telling me about his his friend who does if and he didn't even know the name like my friend didn't really even know the name for it um it was just kind of this totally new concept and uh i think that it's just going to get more and more popular because the you know, the research around longevity and weight loss and how it's just generally better for you is just going to, uh, just seems to continue to build. Um, but what I liked about the, the IF episode with Pamela was that it, it she made it seem approachable, right? Um, mm. Because I think that what has failed for me in the past is like, all right, if I'm going to do it, I got to go eight, you know, eight hours of eating and 16 hours of fasting every day. And um, that just that window is too small for for me to be happy, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. But she was like, start with twelve and twelve, and then kind of go to ten and fourteen, and just kind of find that place that that middle ground that works for you. Um, and and that made it feel approachable, and that made me fired up and and wanting to do it. And I never did, but <laughs> but I don't know. I just I think that like those types of of eating habits, if you can find that that middle ground um, where you're still getting some of the benefits, but mm-hmm. not like upending your life i think that that's uh that's where you should go yeah i do too i was actually unrelated to this when you said intermittent fasting i was going to mention that i i seem to run into a lot of people these days who kind of do casual intermittent fasting and i'm actually one of them if you don't count coffee uh which you know you can or cannot count um people who don't have follow any sort of structure but Mm -hmm. they just have kind of they just like make it a habit to put off eating in the morning yeah, like you don't just just undo the habit that says I eat the second I get up, um, and I don't I don't really ever get hungry late at night, so I don't eat late at night. But I just kind of don't think about it. But and I think there are a lot of people like this who who have heard that it's a good idea, and that has led them not to fight what might be their natural tendency anyway. Uh, so I think you're right. I think it is a growing thing, and I think I think people are going to keep realizing that it's pretty easy to do if if you aren't super uh, super strict about it. Yeah, yeah, and your wife does it, right? She does, yeah. She doesn't usually eat until close to noon each day. Close to noon? Yeah. And then after dinner, none of us eat anything, really. Yeah. All right. Um, one that I have dug that you and I talked about a lot, which I think is a pretty good one, is maybe not a habit, but a rule for habits, and, and therefore could be a habit, and it is the two-day rule. And mm. I forget the name of the guy who we mentioned, who we nicely credited with having an idea Matt, and feeling he should be somebody. recognized for having an idea. Mm-hmm. Um he, I mean, he's definitely not the inventor of it, but I don't, so that's why I didn't care to look up his name here. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, the idea is, I've heard of it as called Don't Miss Twice, and the idea is that when you're doing something, this really helps fight the perfectionism idea, right? Because one of the downfalls of habit change is that people start doing a daily thing, and then they start to just get locked in on this streak they have. And that can be a good thing. The problem is when your streak breaks, you don't want that to be the end of your habit to feel like you've failed and now you've lost. 
And that's what happens all the time. It happens to me. It happens to everybody else. So the two-day rule is just don't miss twice, right? If you if you miss one day, you make absolutely certain that the very first thing the next day is do that habit and get it back on track yep. so that you never, ever allow yourself to miss twice. And you, it's just a personal standard. You just say, I am not going to miss this thing twice. And uh, that really helps because, you know, the, the it, so often they fall apart with one missed day when you're traveling or whatever. And if you can just note that that happened and not let it turn into five missed days, then... I think I think it's, it's a really really great uh, rule. I love that rule. That was episode uh, two eighty five, by the way. If you want to go reference it, I love it. Speaking of habit rules, I'll go ahead and skip ahead. Okay. I think this one makes sense. Uh, you know, one of our most uh, frequent guests, Sid Garza Hillman, mm-hmm. and his small steps approach. Yes, I feel like uh, we can't mention habits without without mentioning that, I mean, that has really transformed the way I approach habits of starting small and kind of gradually building instead of trying to always go all in with this massive change that um, may not be very sustainable, you know, maybe exciting at first, but once it starts getting a little hard, um, you often kind of fail at it. So, you know, kind of tapping into whatever kind of massive action you need to, to stay motivated, but, but starting realistic and starting small and gradually building up over time you know the perfect example is going to the gym once a week you know if i start getting real comfortable in the gym and, and loving it then maybe i'll go twice sometimes mm-hmm. but just once a week seems uh sustainable and um like a good place for me to start right now so that that small steps approach uh, that sid always talks about and we often talk about um I think it's just wildly important. So that, yeah. that's another one. And we have a couple small steps episodes with Sid. So if you just kind of Google those, you, you'd find them. But um, they're all good. Yep. That's a huge one. And I think uh, you kind of alluded to what I think is the best use of small steps is really when there's a habit change that you are not all that excited about. You're kind of doing begrudgingly or it's the thing you've wrestled with many times, like you with uh, with the gym, me with meditation, where you just, you know, from past experience that when you try to really go for it, it doesn't work. Uh or if you're someone who just is really struggling to change something, um, mm-hmm. like if you have a weight problem or an eating problem, in Sid's case, that's often who he works with as clients. And uh, his specific example is like telling people don't overhaul your diet. Literally add one stalk of celery to your dinner or lunch and like begin eating a vegetable. And that is <laughs> that first step. Or, or drink a glass of water. Add, mm-hmm. add one glass of water to your routine uh, per day. Which to me, just when you talk about diet, that is as about as small a step as I could possibly imagine. And uh, I think it's a good one. Drink water, by the way, is one that I had noted as something that uh, you have several times talked about as a yep. one of your favorite things to do. You now have this uh, two cups of water before coffee, yep. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And Jeff Sanders, if I recall correctly, used to, he, he was the one who first, to me, popularized the water before coffee idea. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if he did it on our, episode, or on our episodes with him, but I... I have a feeling he did, but I don't know. That's a good one. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Yep. All right. And Well, and speaking of Jeff, I'll just go ahead and do another one. Because that's another. This is actually one that uh, I'm happy to report. I feel like I've, I've really started to tap into the past okay. several months. And that's, so Jeff Sanders is the, the man behind the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast and book and yep. uh, world. Um, and the know, free just, time formula book as well. And the free time formula book. You know, all about, you know taking advantage of of those early morning hours and mm-hmm. being productive um and he used to be my uh, accountability partner we used to for oh, a yeah. whole year we met on skype every monday or something i forgot about that yeah um 
Well, every time he, he's been on the podcast, I think twice, and both times I've been inspired and uh, feeling like I needed to tap into that, you know, get a bit of more of a, a morning routine, take advantage of those morning hours. And I never have until like, I don't know, about six months ago or something. Some of the guys that I run with started encouraging us to run a little earlier and we started going earlier and earlier. And now multiple times a week, I am out the door running by 545. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, I, I get home before the rest of the family wakes up. I can do a little work. I can take a shower. I can make some coffee. I just feel like I have this time to like start my day by myself mm-hmm. and I love it. It's like fantastic. So I know that doesn't work for everybody, depending on when your kid wakes up or what your routine is and your schedule is. But, you know, I, I don't know, just something about having before going to work, before checking emails, before doing all this stuff, getting in a run, getting in some self-care time. Um, it's just wildly valuable, in my opinion. And it yep. sets me up for when I do start working to be much more productive. I love that. Uh, I believe we had the pre-dawn runner on as well for some oh, yeah. episode, right? Mm-hmm. I actually am blanking on his name, but if you look up pre-dawn running, you'll probably find that. Um, Two related hacks, well, one related hack and another almost, I should, well, they were hacks because they're from our running hacks episode, but I wrote them down as habits because I think they they can help with the habit you just mentioned, or one of them can, uh, and that is to sleep in your running clothes. So people, Mm -hmm. and, and that's just a specific example of the general idea of removing all the possible obstacles. We talked about that two episodes ago, I think, about like making easy, making the good habits that you want to do easier and sleeping in your running clothes means you don't have to that's one less thing standing between you and running in the morning and one less thing to to think about when you're deciding whether to actually get out of bed or not um so yeah that was a good one sleeping in your running clothes and people talk about laying your stuff out and all that and being totally prepared that's fine i like sleeping in your running clothes because it's kind of a funny (laughs) extra uh and on the other end of the run was my my idea of uh showering after you run in your running shorts so that you don't need right. to wash them again because then that's, it gets nice and clean. It doesn't, doesn't work in perpetuity. It works for about one or two times, and then you need to actually wash them. But, uh, <laughs> but it will save you. If you only own like one or two pairs of running shorts, like I tend to do, mm-hmm. uh, it's a nice nice hack. You know, that's episode 78, by the way. Oh, you man, you're just on top of the episode numbers. <laughs> yeah, I just remember them all. I just have this really good number, <laughs> numbers. No, um, it, just real quick on the early morning uh one one big thing i've learned about this is before i used to have like this pre-run routine even if it was just like you know an hour long run i'd get up i'd have some breakfast i would kind of give myself a little time to digest i had this like whole thing you know it took a little while before i could go out and actually run Mm -hmm. um and that was part of the reason why i hated running super early is because i felt like i had to wake up super super duper early um but what i found is that you know as long as i'm going out for an hour you know not not too much more than that I can really wake up like 15 minutes before the run. If I have everything laid out, you know, headlamp, all my clothes, I just go to the bathroom, have a couple glasses of water, and then head out the door, and I'm totally fine. Mm-hmm. I like just it. Put on, put on my clothes. <laughs> yes. That's in there, too. All, all right. right. Uh, who's up? Me or you? Uh, I, th- I think I've done a couple now, so go ahead. Okay. So on the topic of, uh, well, what we're talking about right now, which is, which is kind of, you're talking about kind of self-care first thing or at least making it a priority uh one of the ones that i have is from episode 174 which i forget what the title of that episode was but uh the habit itself was make time for yourself and what this Hmm. what we really meant here was the idea of an anchor habit and so a lot of times not so much now but it used to be that people would email me and say what's the very first habit i should start and i 
my answer was always that there wasn't any specific exact answer to that, but it was the one thing that will make you happy and like light you up and turn you on and activate everything. And I just feel like so many people, especially I've been through these periods, you get caught up in work and life and everything else. And the, the thing that you actually enjoy doing, whatever that might be, playing an instrument, uh, could be meditating, could be going for a walk, could be reading a book, whatever. That's, that's what just doesn't get done. And that is arguably the most important thing, at least for your happiness and for everything else, right? The old put your own oxygen mask on first idea. Uh, and I think a lot of us just don't do that. We, we do things for other people and we don't do our thing. So I think more important than like the exercise or even the eating better, barring some sort of urgent situation, uh, is to, you know, create, carve out somehow 20 or 30 minutes for yourself every day and start doing that thing that you always wish you could do but never actually do do. Uh, and then there's lots of things that should come after that that aren't as fun or interesting and maybe more of the things that you should do rather than things that are just just feel good. Uh, but I think that that anchor habit of self-care is uh, the most important one. Uh, similar to that is the idea of making time for play. We, you've mentioned mm. this more than I do, uh, but I really do like the idea, and it's that the idea that play shouldn't stop when we when we grow up. It's it's just a really important thing. Um, those anchor habits I was talking about, you know, some of those might be play, but they might not. Like reading a book, probably not considered play for most people. But like right. literally just going outside and playing if you have a kid, if you have a dog, uh, whatever, throwing a football with a friend or a spouse or whatever. Like just yeah. just kind of being in motion um, with no no real, I don't know. Goal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that one a lot, as you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I've got one here that... I, so I looked it up, and we, we've done four episodes on this topic. Um, and I think it probably took at least three for me to be convinced <laughs> <laughs> that I needed to do it. Um, but now it's now it's definitely a habit that has stuck. And that is um, supplements. And I know before everyone gets upset, we do so I have our own supplement line compliment mm-hmm. um, which is which does happen to be the supplements that I take um, but I, you know I think that it when I started when I went vegetarian I didn't feel like I needed any supplements when I went vegan I just wasn't in the habit of it because um, you know I was I had been a vegetarian for a number of years and just you know thought I was only getting healthier uh, not having to worry about nutrients certain nutrients so um, and then you know we started with b12 and yada yada but i just i think i feel i feel better and i think that my like head is just not have to worry about stuff as much mm-hmm. because i've i've started taking daily supplements so um that's all i'm gonna say there's there's four episodes we did one with matt resigno we did one with uh the guys from examine.com um mm-hmm. we've done one with matt tolman so i think yep. i did one maybe just the two of us uh, so I, if you just look up any of those episodes um, they're probably all pretty good, although maybe they they kind of transition over time as 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 I did. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I just I just think that vegans don't need to be scared of supplements. We need to kind of embrace the fact that they can help us. Yep, I agree. Uh, for me, it is it is kind of it is a being responsible, you know, move to take supplements. And I'm not saying that is for everyone or that everyone you know you're being irresponsible. But for me personally, I feel like I am being responsible about my diet when I remember mm-hmm. to take the supplements that I decided are worth taking. And that's not many. Like, I really don't think you should be taking a 
multivitamin with 25 things in it. Right. I just think there's probably more harm than good in there. And a lot of studies have shown exactly that. Uh, but the ones we picked are, are really important. Whether you get them from our thing or whether you just assemble it yourself, which is fine, but it's not as convenient. Um, that's that's. I think you should do that. I think I think everyone should. Definitely. Good. Okay. Um, back to morning stuff. I think this one was from our famous 15 rules we live by or something like that. 15 rules we strive to live by. Um, there are two in there that I picked out. This the episode 50 and then... Yeah, I guess it was episode 50, and then we replayed it at some point. I forget what it was. But um, we revisited one of these in episode 97, and I think that was just a morning routine episode. Uh, anyway, the first one is keeping a journal, some kind of journaling. I've mentioned countless times on this podcast, uh, morning pages, mm-hmm. which is not quite like journaling. It's more just dumping out of your head a bunch of stuff, and then you kind of just throw it away. You don't. It's not, not meant to be kept or read later, really. Uh, so I think of that as journaling, but there's also just keeping a record of things that you do and things you learn. Uh, super, super important habits. They really help you clarify your thinking, both of them. So that's a great one. Uh, and also one that I'm kind of inconsistent with, except when I get on it and then I do it for three or four months without missing. But then I'll stop for a while. So that was one. Um, no need to harp on that, though. And then this one, Doug, you're also, you also often tend to bring up stretching as a, as a nice morning habit. Yep. Um, which has never really stuck with me. Although now that I'm back in the Muay Thai, I, I realize that like one of the limiting factors for me with that when I was in it before was was my leg tightness, the hip hip stuff. I guess from the running, uh, I have t- terrible hip mobility that I've never noticed until I tried to try to kick, you know, shoulder height. Uh, <laughs> and no some, way, and you know, everyone else with time, their body just starts doing it, and mine really didn't, or not without tremendous pain. So I need to get into mobility. But anyway. Um, the habit that I kind of forgot about until I did this research, if we can call it that, was, uh, <laughs> was the five Tibetans, which... Oh, is, yeah. Yeah, I think I found out about it from Further, which is a newsletter that I read by Brian Clark. Um, if you Google five Tibetans on YouTube, I think you will find it. There's, it's also sometimes called five Tibetan rights, I think, R-I-T-E-S. And it's just these five things that have this sort of, uh, I don't know, mystical kind of legendary... Uh, benefits ascribed uh, to them, which is, you know, longevity. Someone did them some amount of time and then came back and saw someone 20 years later and they, they said he looked younger than he did before when they last saw him. So I don't, you know, there's, obviously there's more to it than that. But um, some some rich history of people doing these. And they're just kind of a longevity, keep yourself young and mobile. And they're, they're really almost silly things. Like the first one is you put your arms out and you spin around in a circle for 30 seconds and you try not to get dizzy. And then you do it the opposite direction. So that was one of the five Tibetans. And then there's four more that are, I don't remember any of them, but they, they weren't as silly as that. But they're just still very easy, approachable things uh, that just feel good to do in the morning. Uh, they don't have to be done in the morning, but it just feels like a nice time to do them. So I would like to get back into those. And that was, it's, it's odd for me, now that I'm looking back at my notes from my research, that that was in our rules. Because that doesn't seem like a rule that we would, we would have to do those five Tibetans. But maybe, okay. uh, maybe that was from another one. <laughs> maybe you were just really into it. It's like, I have to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> I just spin around that. in circles every morning. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, my daughter does that every day. She probably follows the five depends. Maybe. That's why she's so young. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got a couple. Uh, let's see. All right. I'm going to go back to Sid here. Said okay. multiple multiple episodes on on Nomad Athlete Radio. Now multiple mentions on the three hundred episode recap. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 
a blog post. It started as a blog post, and then we turned it, and then he we had him on for an episode about this that that I really liked. Only it was it's like titled the only four rules for healthy eating, and I like this the super simple approach to kind of if you follow this, then you're going to be doing okay. And the four rules were to eat whole plants, eat plants high in fiber and water for hydration and digestion. Mm-hmm. Focus on calorie density for energy, and that was that a lot of people a lot of vegans when they uh have kind of an energy crash because they're not getting enough calories um and then the fourth one was mott most of the time eat this way most of the time Mm -hmm. and that was uh, you know i just i think that one is so important because you know we can we can we can get so siloed into this idea of we have to have only whole plants or we have to you know pay attention to all these macronutrients and and calories and all this stuff you know but but really if we're eating this way most of the time then that is good enough for for most people unless you're training for something super specific or have a really specific goal most of the time is good enough and um and i just i thought those were four really good rules rules yeah i like that post uh i don't remember what my role in it was but i remember kind of being part of this distillation process and it was like let let's think if, if you know if the very most basic thing like mm-hmm. if because because dieting and food it gets so complicated and there's so much conflicting advice um those are those are pretty much universal principles i mean i guess some diets might disagree with eat mostly plants but i, I just don't know how um <laughs> so but yeah i mean i think i really think you can follow that i mean maybe certain people certain personalities that's not enough they need more but i really think that is what it all comes down to so i like i love the simplicity of that Definitely. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of food this and simplicity, uh, we have a ton of food advice over the 300 episodes, a ton of episodes about food and about what we eat every day and all that stuff. Um, for me, what as far as like practically what it boils down to, so much of it comes down to drink a smoothie and eat a salad every single day. And that mm-hmm. was, I think, first mentioned in episode 54 when we talked about uh, it, was, it was foods to eat every single day. I couldn't find like... I thought we remade the foods to eat every single day once I kind of refined that approach. Because uh, I, I had a post a long time ago about that. And then as I got smarter about diet and read more books and learned more, I, I kind of redid that blog post and made it made it a more practically adapt or adoptable thing. Um, but I couldn't find the remake. So I don't know if we didn't do that or if I'm just making it up or what. But anyway, um, episode 54 was the original. And... Drink a smoothie, eat a salad every single day covers a lot of the everyday foods that I try to get. Um, almost regardless of how you make your salad smoothie, you're going to get three or four of the seven foods that I try to eat every day. And they're also mostly raw ingredients in those things, can be entirely raw ingredients if you want them to. And that's another one of the big food habits we've talked about several times in this podcast. Um, so for me, that it's just so simple that if I'm doing those two things, I'm probably, first of all, it takes up breakfast and lunch for me. So that's pretty good. It works well. Um, takes up a lot of my eating anyway. And then if you start the day that way, you tend to stay on track pretty well and make good choices the rest of the day. So that is uh, it's my simple eating tip and something I'm trying to do this year, trying to get back to that. Great. I love it. And uh, So I've got, I've got five running ones that I can power through. Do you want to go through any more eating ones before? Um, I don't think i have more eating ones okay actually i think i have running ones too so i'll mix them in there with yours 
Okay. All right. Well, then I won't power through entirely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can right. power through. We can. We should. We should move quickly. Okay. All right. Uh, so a series of running ones. These I think are all good. So, um, we had Phil Maffetone uh-huh. on early days. I think Maffetone method method mm-hmm. about running slower. About how if you basically run slow almost all the time, then his theory is that you'll be a faster runner yep right and um i you know i'm not i'm not totally sure convinced that that's right for me i'm sure it works for a lot of people um but not convinced that that's right for me or the the way i would recommend it for other you know for people i'm working with but um i do think that 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 it is so wildly important to establish a habit of running really really slow sometimes and Mm -hmm. um I, you know, I just don't think that you can run slow enough sometimes, Yeah. you know, and, and most of the time we, our easy runs are not nearly as easy as we think they are. And they're not giving us the recovery. They're not giving us, um, the benefits that you would get from taking it down, making it even slower. So I think yeah. establishing a habit as a runner to run slow is wildly important. And, um, and that then goes into, we had, uh, Danny Dreyer of, um, of Chi Chi-Ray. running on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he talked a lot about mindful running and, and um, you know, running as a form of connecting with your body and connecting with your, your mind and your soul and meditation and, and that kind of thing. And um, and I think that, that those two can go hand in hand. And I've gone through phases we both have where, um, you know, we're, we're viewing running as a form of meditation and we're just purposely running very slow, focused on our breath, focused on clearing our mind, kind of getting into this meditation type state, meditative state. Um, and you know, I think that those, those two can kind of go hand in hand. So I like both of those. What about, do you like the part of, uh, Phil Maffetone's episode when he says that, uh, carrots have feelings and if you're going to be vegan, then you shouldn't eat those. Yeah. Either. I don't, I didn't like, and I didn't quite an a from a vegan diet. <laughs> I didn't quite like that part. <laughs> that is, that is a rather funny listen. If you go just, even if you don't listen to the whole thing, just go to the end of that episode and you'll hear. That might've been the last time we had a non vegetarian or vegan on the podcast. Actually. <laughs> it's been the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, but good good tips. I actually really do like the Maffetone approach. I agree with you. It's, I don't think that is enough to become an elite runner. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think for the recreational runner, and and you know, even I'm counting myself there. Like just someone who has aspirations of running longer distances and maybe even beating certain times. Uh, I think I think that is a huge huge part. That like you said, most people just are overlooking it or doing running way too fast for their slow runs. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. Um, so we did. Uh, well, we did. We did. One of my favorite little parts of this whole 300 episodes was the summer running camp that we did. Yes. And what was so fun about it was the salute your shorts uh, <laughs> motif that ran throughout it. Yep. <laughs> and somebody was... even wrote a song, and at some point we sang it. I don't remember how was, that all went, but it was great though. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I looked up salute your shorts uh, on YouTube and watched it with my son a little bit, and it was good times. So I love that we did that. Uh, but one of the things that we did there, I think, in episode 153, which was part two of Summer Running Camp about form, um, is the take 180 steps per minute, three steps per second uh, tip. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a habit. I think it is a habit because I think you can. it's a habit that you would, if you're not doing that, you would gradually start incorporating into your runs. You don't probably want to immediately start doing that all the time because it would make you all of a sudden way slower all of a sudden more sore, all of a sudden running will be less enjoyable. So it's something you would gradually increase uh, the proportion of your runs that, that you do. Yep. And 
to me, that is the single most important running form key there is. I think there are probably four or five that are very important and they're probably all you need. But if you're only gonna pick one, I would say this is the one. It just makes so much else work automatically. If you just do this, uh, you, it forces you to run with shorter, quicker, lighter steps than most of us do. Um, and in a way, it kind of simulates the way you would probably run if you were running without shoes on, the way that we evolved to run. So that's uh, episode 153. We also talked about it in episode 87 back in a running form episode. So those are two good ones with lots more tips like that. That transitions beautifully into the episode with Golden Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden and... Harper, as I like to call him. Or what? Remember two episodes, I, I called him uh, Gordon Harper last Gordon, night. right. I was yeah, trying yeah. to remember his name. <laughs> Golden Harper, who is the founder of Ultra Shoes, um, which uh, their big thing is zero drop, so no hilt toe drop, and um, foot-shaped, which is essentially wide toe box to allow some space for your toes to spread, which kind of, uh, you know, the whole theory is that it, it's more of a natural way to run. It kind of allows you to fall into your natural stride as if you were barefoot, but also giving you the protection of shoes and the comfort of shoes. Um, and so what, what two things that I wanted to pull, point out about this episode, which is not that, but one is, um, yeah, two, well, I guess it's kind of that. <laughs> it's not to go by the, the shoes necessarily, but uh, to focus on kind of your cadence and falling into a more natural running stride. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second is, and this isn't really a habit, but just a kind of a life lesson, I guess, um, is the story of of when how he developed those shoes was he was he was working at a running shoe store and people kept coming in with all these injuries these knee and hip injuries and um, they were all running wearing Nikes and wearing you know shoes with with the large heel to toe drop and um, and he just saw this problem and he thought you know I'm gonna try to fix it and he started tearing apart shoes and putting them in the toaster and cutting off you know like trimming off part of the heel. And, um, you know, really kind of adapting these shoes into something that was working much better for people. And I just, I I love, I just love that story. I love the idea of when something's not working for you, instead of just, you know, gritting your teeth and kind of fighting through it, adjust. Right. Yeah. Put it, put it in the toaster. (laughs) Um, no, adjust and, and be creative and, uh, think outside the box. And I think that if we can do that more in life than so much would be better in this yep. world. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I didn't really, that didn't strike me as an important part of the lesson uh, when he told the story. It was more just the origin story of Ultra, but you're totally right. That That is a really cool mindset to be in. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of just be a tinkerer and try things and, yeah, you know, don't accept what what uh, is there. Just make something better. Right. I got one more running. You, you got another running? I have one more running as well. All right, go for it. Um, I really like this one. We haven't really mentioned it that many times, which is surprising because most things that are good, we keep mentioning them over and over. Um, episode 78, we were talking about running tricks, I think, or things that make running easier or something like that. Um, and this one was, I don't know how to phrase it that well. It was the idea that when you don't feel like going for a run, uh, often those can be your best. Um, first of all, that, that itself is a nice little lesson, though not a habit. Um, to me, often when, when I found that when I didn't feel like going for a run and when I actually got myself to do it, those would turn out to be some of the best runs because clearly the reason you don't want to go for a run is related to why you need a run, right? That's when you mm-hmm. go for the run, it, it helps address whatever it was that was making you really not want to go. But 
what we said, what we proposed as a way to handle those days when you just don't have the time to get in your full 45 minute workout or your hour long run or whatever, um, that that's a great day to go just fool around and do some different run than, than you usually do. Yeah. And the fart leg workout is a perfect example. For me, that's kind of the form that this takes, although slightly more structured than that. But basically, you, you go out and run for something like 20 minutes. Uh, could be even less if you wanted to. After a slight warm-up, you, you know, not quite all-out sprint, but go about as hard as you can for either 30 seconds or a minute. And then you rest for a minute 30 or a minute, whatever, whatever it takes for your heart rate to get back down to who it was. And then repeat and do that six times, eight times, depending on how you're feeling, really as many times as you feel like it. Uh, and that's one of those things where I'll go out with the intention to do two or four of those and saying, I'm just going to mail it in today and just do that. And then end up staying out for eight or 10 of those things. Uh, and just coming back in like a really great mindset, all jazzed up from having like won that little victory. Uh, or go out on a hill and, and do three times up it and three times back. And like, I don't know, for me, when I'm not feeling about like running, Somehow I like the idea of like, I don't need to ever go more than a mile from my house. I'm just going to go out and run back and forth uh, yep. for these mixed little intervals. And so I, the point is, when you don't feel like doing your 45-minute normal run, uh, it's quite possible that when you do something much shorter and just mix it up and put some sprints in there, that you're going to do more good for yourself than, than the same old 45-minute run would have been anyway. Not necessarily that all the time. Certainly that, that run has a place. But... Uh, you know, when you don't feel like it, just just go do a, a shorter, different one that's kind of fun. I love that. You know, hill sprints, you could do fart lick, like you said. You could, I don't know, even do like you run a couple blocks and then do five burpees or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I think that, I love that. I think that's fun. All right. I lied. I have two two more running. Okay. Or one and a half running. Uh, one, the, the next one is uh, related to, back to uh, the Salute Your Shorts summer running camp. Um, and that was this, I think this was the like fifth episode, the, the only episode we had a guest and that was Jason Fitzgerald of strengthrunning.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big theme of that episode was consistency. And I think that that is, um, that's the key to staying healthy and, and being a better runner is if you can be consistent, if you can go out, you know, four, five times a week consistently, um, or even three times a week, then you're just going to stay healthier you're just going to continue to improve because that foundation will be there the muscles will be firing regularly enough to uh you know to where you're not they're not like what are you doing every time you go for a run um and i that consistency i just think is is so important for for anyone who's taking running seriously who's doing it more than just a little bit of an exercise yeah Um, i mean it's a great, it's a boring lesson, but it is, yeah. it is, I mean, for anything, it's not just running, right? If you right, do yeah. it four or five times a week and you do it for the the typical time that someone does something like that, right? 30 minutes, maybe an hour, like three years from now, you're going to be really good at that thing, right? And I know there's varying levels of, of deliberateness in your practice and, and choosing the, like within running, right? You could do the same uh, junk miles every day and not, not improve the way someone who has really good, uh, what's, what's the word Doug for hard days and then followed by really easy days um you know promoting that that adaptation stress and adaptation thing mm-hmm. but even if you dis- just did the junk miles you're gonna be your body is going to have learned really well how to run after a couple of years of just being consistent and that that has always been my problem with running and a lot of things honestly is I'll, I'll go for it for a while really well and then i'll take six months off because i'll just forget about it and not want to do it at all uh and i've always looked back and kicked myself and said man if i just could have kept doing that 
where, where would I be today? And you can't do that with everything. You can't do everything four or five times a week. But the things that matter to you, you really can, or you should. Uh, so I love that one. Even if, you know, even if it's something like, uh, like drumming, right? So my band. And we only practice once a week. Mm-hmm. I, I never play except when we're at band practice. But the fact that for the last three years, two and a half years, um, I have played drums every single week just about, you know, mm-hmm. except for holidays, like, it's so different than it would have been, than it's been for the last 10 years, right? Right. And uh, and that's been that's just been really fun and, and really good for both my drumming and my mental health. Yep, good. All right, last one uh, mm-hmm. that's only halfway related to running. And this was uh, an episode with my uh, disc golf crush, <laughs> Eagle, <laughs> e- Eagle McMahon, uh-huh. <laughs> that we had on not too long ago. Um, Idol, I don't know what you would call him. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, he talked a lot about how he well, the one thing he's focused on and working on is um you know when he's playing at the top of at the top of the sport you know, he's one of the best in the world um but he he's dealing with the stress of it like that it's uh the, the stress can be really overwhelming for him and he, he wants to have more fun and and like appreciate the moment and get out of his head a little bit more and i think that that is a good lesson for all of us anytime we're taking something super seriously um, you know, there's a time and place to, to be really serious and be really structured and methodical. And then, um, but you know, you also have to continue to have fun with it. You have to stay light so that you can stay sane and, um, and just enjoy yourself. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, as I was looking through the episodes, I, I somehow I was just seeing the titles, it would jog my memory of how we were just sort of the like snapshot of what that episode was in my head and the ones where we were where they just made me smile and like i just seemed like we were in a good mood that day or in that time (laughs) it was when it was when one of us had a stupid new hobby that we were really into (laughs) and it's such a good example of like not of not we even have an episode about hobbies and their importance um but just you know we have all these things with fitness that we like, you know, you with running, right? That's a thing you take really seriously. And certainly you get a lot out of it too and find fulfillment in it. Um, but like, it's just, it's just different than when, than when you start, started playing drums in your band. Uh, mm-hmm. Or when I was really into playing chess or learning languages. Like just when we had episodes that were kind of about some little thing we were into, it just seems like that kind of brings out the the best kind of in you which is not that's not totally true because there, there's a lot of good that comes out of you and when you are really serious and focused about something uh but i just think that element is missing all the time from people's lives and ours too uh when you when you find that thing that is just fun or when you find fun in the thing that that you're really serious about right. uh, it just it just changes everything yeah. so I, I like that, that theme for 300 episodes awesome um okay only a few more here uh let's see I got lost track here. Okay, so I misspoke earlier when I said that, that the 15 Rules to Live By episode had Keep a Journal and Five Tibetans in it. It did have Keep a Journal, I think, but uh, it, it did not. that was a different episode that had Five Tibetans. 15 Rules to Live By was episode 128, so I apologize if you if you went on a wild goose chase for that oh. one. Uh, but there are so many good habits that came out of that one. We don't have time to go into all of them. Um, I'm just going to run through my favorites. Make your bed every morning. And hold on, my screensaver just went on, so I lost it. Oh, no. Of course. Uh, <laughs> make your bed every morning was one of them. We've gone on and on about the benefits and the reasons for doing that. Yep. Uh, find a time for 
gratitude. Hold on, excuse me while I type my... Shake your, shake your mouse every 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, a good habit to live by. Amateur hour over here. 300 <laughs> episodes and we're, <laughs> and we're still having technical... You know, that, that has been the, the most frustrating part of having a podcast is the number of technical issues. Difficulties. Yeah, or the day where we start recording. Or we plan to and then I show up and my mic doesn't work or yeah. didn't bring the right thing. Or it's just like it makes you want to quit. Like every couple episodes. Like, oh, man, <laughs> right. this is awful. Okay, anyway. I'm gonna start, just in case you end up editing that out, Doug, I'm going to start. Uh, <laughs> make your bed every morning. Obvious why that's an important one. Well, not obvious, but we talk about it all the time, so I'm not going to go into it again. Uh, yep. Be grateful every single day. Find some little trigger. And this is the key. Have a trigger that makes you remember to be grateful every day. That means make it, mm. you know, what, what always worked for me about was the, when, the five, when I was five minutes from home on a run, when I was running every day, uh, that's when I would say the rest of the time I'm thinking about things that I'm grateful for. And suddenly, I would be grateful every day. Whereas if I didn't have something that reminded me, and this is a great habit principle, uh, I wouldn't do it at all. So make triggers for your habits, and gratitude is a great example. Uh, we talked about playing the hell yeah or no idea, the idea that like you're just, we, we say yes, we probably say yes to way too many things, and that evidenced by how busy everybody is. Um, I don't know. I feel like life is short, and I feel like that could be an argument to do everything, or it could be an argument... Uh, to only do the things that you're going to really be into. Not the things that you know three months from now when it comes time to actually deliver on that promise, you're going to be regretting it. Uh, so I really like that one. Like, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. Uh, and finally, from that same one, the six-phase meditation, which was a, a Vishen Lakiani thing. If you Google six-phase meditation, you can find it. It's it's not really meditation. It's a six-phase kind of visualization process, and it takes 15 minutes, maybe 18 minutes. Uh, but when, I am, when I'm kind of in a rut, that's a really good way for me to get started again with, with anything because I just can't like, – I, I, like, I like regular meditation better than that where you just sort of sit and follow your breathing. Uh, I, guess I, I guess that would be mindfulness meditation. Um, but I can't uh, – I can't when I'm – if I'm in a rut or down about something or whatever, the idea of going and meditating like that, if I'm not already in the habit, that is really hard. But to do something like this where you have a guided kind of thing, uh, I found that very helpful over the years. So – uh, just that, that's not a not a habit you need to be in, but it's one that I love from the uh, the fifteen rules to live by episode. Yeah, I like that one too. Good. All right, I've got two more. Both are pretty quick. That's what you? I have two more. All right, I'll just let me do both of mine real quick. Okay. Um, the first one is maybe one that you have because it's one we talk about all the time. So I'm not going to harp too much on it here, but the life changing. <laughs> uh, what is it? Life-changing habit of tidying up. Life-changing magic of tidying. Magic is the book. of tidying up. Yes. Yep. Uh, this is one up. of mine also, Doug. Sorry to interrupt you, but this is one of mine. And the only the only reason I was going to highlight it, because it's not really a habit as much as a one-time thing, but the title of the episode was The Life-Changing Habit to Start Today. So mm. I was thinking of all these habits we've talked about throughout our podcast. If we titled an episode, one episode solely about that, then it must be pretty important to us. It, and, and, you know, I would I would argue that it's a habit because it's something that, maybe not a daily habit, but something that I find to be uh, very beneficial if I do it on a regular basis. And that's, you know, just cleaning out your stuff and getting rid of the things that um, aren't serving you anymore and uh, allowing for some space inside your house, inside your room, inside your closet. I think that that's, uh, I don't know, I just love it. It's been life-changing. Yeah, it has been life changing, and, and I mean the concept is is one of decluttering and staying organized, 
and it kind of becomes easier to be organized when you don't have that much stuff and when everything that you do own has a place where it goes when you're done with it mm-hmm. um so like nothing nothing that exciting about that right it's just it's just it's kind of general good advice but the the method that's like i think it was so special and that book obviously was was very well received right new york times bestseller and then she wrote follow-ups and then she had a netflix show all this other stuff i, I just think that her way of doing it is the, is the one that made it actually stick so and right. for me and for you so yeah. i really like that book of course um and that episode is 144 if you want to go listen to us talk talk endlessly about it yeah all right my last one is um with dan buettner the author of uh the blue zones mm-hmm. and how to be happier is that what what's the other the happiness book he has a he has the blue zones and then he has the blue zones of happiness oh blue zones of happiness okay yeah. um i think our episode was talk, titled how to be happier or something um and the the big takeaway that i took from that was um that the happiest people in the world are ones that fill themselves with community that you can trust and rely on that are there for each other um and uh you know so you're having the social interactions that are fulfilling your soul, but also uh, when, when things are bad, you have, you know, have this community that can help support you. And um, I think that that, I think that that is a good habit. We talked about this last time or in one of our recent habit episodes, New Year's episodes, but how we want to spend more time socializing with people and kind of building that community for ourselves. Um, And I just, I think that that, I think that's a really good habit to, to get into. Yes, agree. Uh, I heard, actually yesterday I heard, I was listening to something and I heard someone quote without citing where it was from, that uh, that 80% of our happiness uh, has to do with, with our relationships with other people. Mm. And I, I, again, I don't know how true it is because they didn't cite where it was from. But um, it's just a huge portion. And I tend to just always forget that, right? I just focus on mm-hmm. like, what, what can I personally do? What kind of habit can I start? What kind of, you know, how can I, how can I rearrange things in my life the way they should be to make me happy? And so much just is from other people. So super important. I learn, understand that more and more as I get older, for sure. Yeah. Appreciate it more, I guess. Um, my last one is not that exciting of an ending, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a good one. Uh, and that is to stand up when you work. If you sit at a desk mm. all day, uh, I have found that I just, I like working more. I feel better more. Or sorry, I feel better about it. Um, and it takes a little while to get into it. If you get a desk that can go up and down, it really helps you. Again, back to the idea of rather than just suddenly dive all the way into something where like suddenly you have to stand for eight hours a day, uh, that's difficult. And that would that would if I had tried it that way, I probably would have within a couple of weeks. And in fact, I think I did. I think I made a cinder block. I put my desk up on cinder blocks and I was just standing on it, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't work at all, by the way, because you don't realize <laughs> that like standing desks also have the monitor raised higher up. Right. <laughs> right. So I did that, and then I put the monitor up on books. I think. Um, very very makeshift standing desk actually, but I did it and then I took it down within a day or two because I hated it. It was just so hard to stand up for that long. So then I got a Vera desk which goes right up and down very nicely, and uh, I've pretty much done it ever since, on and off. But as far as like my my success with keeping it up, but but most of the time these days is it is always up almost all the day. And last bit about that is that at the end of the day, if I am sitting, which I tend to be sitting near the end of the day, uh, put it up before you before you finish your job, your works before you go away for the day so that when you come back, the default is that it is already up. Uh, and that is, again, back to the old habit advice of setting the environment so that it is conducive to the habits you want, so that the default easy path 
is the one that you that you want rather than uh so if i had to go lower my desk that would be a little bit of extra work so why not just uh just stand Get so there up, you go. Stand up. Standing is the new, uh, no, sitting is the stand new smoking. Stand up at your desk. There you go. Nice, Doug. <laughs> is sitting the new smoking, is that true, or is that just a fad? Uh, well, sitting was the new smoking until vaping, vaping. came yeah, into smoking. Sitting replaced smoking, and now vaping replaced sitting. <laughs> yeah. I feel, yeah. Nobody talks about standing at your desk anymore. For like two years, it was like the super hot thing. That you yeah. had to do well, it. because a lot of people do it now. I mean, I think maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. I in Lowe's the other day, or in uh, Home Depot the other day, they had adjustable, like raisable work benches. Uh huh. Um, that I was just walking by, they had them like all on display, and they, you know, you could like crank them up like you would a standing desk. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, this would actually make for a pretty good standing desk, and uh, it'd be really nice if you were like kind of tinkering with you know, doing a little, you know, craftsmanship mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, needed to stand up and be standing up the whole time. I don't know. Just seemed really nice. Very anyway, good. that was a tangent that we should have cut out. <laughs> Thanks everybody for 300 episodes. This yeah, is really cool. 300 Thanks. is cool. And I think we're going to be changing some things coming up. Yes, we have. We don't, we don't know how. We're not clear on it. Yeah, there's, there's a brainstorming discussion that's going. Yeah. Yep. But uh, we're going to be changing some things for sure. I would like to know if you if you've listened to all 300 episodes or close to it, tweet me at Rocky Runner or, or tweet at Nomad Athlete, um, but probably Rocky Runner because I check it more. Um, I would love to. I, w- I will read your name on the next episode. I'd love to know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay, I, th- I, th- I thought you were asking them for ideas about how we can change the podcast. Well, that too. <laughs> you know, definitely that too. And if you haven't left us a rating or review on iTunes, do that too. And Yes, you know all, all the other stuff, but I don't know. I'd, I'd love to know who you are, and uh, I, I don't know. Give you a little something somehow. A sticker. Yeah, agree. Yeah, a if sticker. You, if you write to us and say that you've done that, then uh, you deserve to have some prize. Yeah. <laughs> Even one as small as having your name said on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll celebrate yes. you. That's right. You know, I think of all the podcasts that reach 300 episodes, I bet we're one of the world record holders as far as number fewness of times we've said leave us a review and rating on amazon or on, on iTunes, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right about that we don't do that very much because, no, mostly we because we just forget uh-huh but i'm proud of that <laughs> but you should still do it <laughs> yeah okay all, all right. right well That's thanks everybody this is a good hour-long episode and uh we'll we'll see you at 301 there we go on the door on the other side on the other side okay bye